Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, that was pretty good action from Thursday night, NBA on uh, TNT. I end up saying I can't believe what I'm seeing Every time I encounter the man we're about to bring on our show here. <laughs> that is Keith Pompey. Covers the Sixers for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Follow him on Twitter, uh, at Pompey on Sixers. How are you today, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I can't believe what I'm seeing every time I see Mike Silsky. There you go. <laughs> All, right. All right. Enough log rolling here, fellas. Let's get to it. Okay. Um, I saw Joel Embiid quoted uh, by you saying, uh, we're not worried about Boston, Milwaukee. We're worried about ourselves. We can get better every single night. We can take the experience that we had. This is Thursday beating the Grizzlies and try to be better. That's all fine and well, but tonight they play Boston. They have not had success against Boston. Lost the last one. Last time they played here, they just got crushed last year. Um, should they be worried about Boston or I don't mean to put it that way. The way Embiid puts it, uh, should well, I guess I will just put it that way. Should they be more concerned about Boston and how they have fared against the Celtics? I mean, I think so. I mean, I, I think that this is a huge barometer game. I mean, like, I mean, when we look at it, I mean, you can say yes, the Sixers won five in a row, fourteen of their last seventeen. Uh, you know, they're third in the East, but I mean, the Celtics have been not only if that's their rival but it's been their biggest roadblock to success. And and I think that, you know, right now we're all trying to figure out how good this 76ers team is. Yes, they did this, but, but, but. And and, and I think that right now, you know, you, you have to worry about Boston because that's the one team that they can't beat. I mean, no matter who Boston has on the floor. So, you know, it's always great to say, like, hey, we got to focus on ourselves. We can't We can't worry about another team. You know, a lot of times to me, that's when you're giving yourself an out just in case you lose to that team <laughs> and you have to answer those questions. So, yeah, this is a big game for the 76ers, bigger than one would think, like one out of 82, just because of how Boston has, you know, ruled them and had success over them. So, Keith, one of the things that Glenn and I have kind of been batting around during the show was the question of whether – it's fair to be skeptical and cynical about the Sixers because they've come up short year after year after year, can't get past the second round of the playoffs, or because it's a slightly different team with some slightly different elements uh, that maybe this is the year to break through and you're, you're right to kind of be optimistic. You're, you're around this team and have been around this team as much as anybody. Does this feel, look, any different than it did 
last year or the year that they got bounced by Atlanta in the second round. Um, kind of what's your perspective on this group as it is and whether it can get past the second round and get to where people think it ought to have been? You know, I mean, that's a great question. I I, I honestly think that it, it, it's the same. it feels the same. And, and the reason being is, yes, I get it. Um, there's a different cast of co-stars with, with Joel Embiid, but that's what makes it the same. There's always been a different cast of co-stars, and they're always saying that this year is going to be different because of that. But, you know, it's the same thing. I mean, they, they're above 60, um, 600 winning percentage. You know, they're getting a lot of hype going into the playoffs. Everything is this and that. But at the end of the day, they keep losing in the second round. So until they can get out of the second round, it's the same. I mean, it's the same thing. Think about the excitement that people are feeling. Well, the people aren't feeling excitement now, but the excitement they felt the last couple of years is similar. So, you know what? I, I know people say, like, oh, this is different, but I think the 76ers fans are more like, you know, you, you fool me once, is on me. You fool me twice. Okay, I got played. The third time is like, nah, you got to show me something different. So, with that being said, it is the same. So who is it on to get them past that that roadblock that they can't? Is it more on Embiid? Is it more on Doc Rivers? Is this that James Harden's got to be the guy? You know, because I agree with everything you just said, and I approach the playoffs with, yeah, call me back when you're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Because he's been here the longest, right? And, and he's, you know, the guy who's, the, you know, the MB, MVP candidate. But, you know, Doc Rivers is the coach. You know, he's the one that's going to have to make these adjustments. But I'm like, I honestly believe they're not going to be able to get out of the second round unless James Harden plays phenomenally. Now, we already know the thing about Joel, and, and I think he has to play great too. But I think the pressure is on James that he has to show us that the things that he's doing as far as being a facilitator and doing all that, he has to be able to continue to do that. So I think that if James Harden doesn't do that, and that's what he was brought here to do, the Sixers aren't going to go far at all in the playoffs. So I think it's a collective thing, and they all have you know different roles. But those three are the three main, main, main people who have to get it done. We're talking with uh, Keith Pompey from the Philadelphia Inquirer, Sixers beat reporter. Keith, one of the big issues the team has had, and and we risk getting into the weeds a little bit here, but one of the big issues they've had in recent years is that come the playoffs, they can't take and beat off the floor because once they do, they don't have a good enough backup center and they can't score and their defense falls apart. Are they any better in that situation now? You know, Dwayne Dedman uh, has missed time. He's got this hip situation um are, are they any better in that position now or are we setting ourselves up for the same sort of, of problem come the playoffs that Embiid's got to play every minute of every game otherwise the other team's gonna blow the Sixers off the floor and you know what I, I thought they were in a better situation and if Dwayne Detman can you know if, if he can get back and get some minutes in there and if he can do the things that he that they need him to do yeah I, I think they are better off but my concern is, like, right now, you know, the Sixers are downplaying it, making it seem like everything's cool. 
Mm-hmm. But the fact that he does have, you know, a hip problem, you know, like is, is that going to be something that's going to, you know, basically uh, linger during the playoffs? And if so, you know, are they better off with him? You, you, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like, to me, until he gets out there and then until, like, he's 100% healthy, I think that is going to continue to be a problem. I think that, you know, right now we, we look at Montrez Harrell as a guy who, yes, we know he can get buckets, but he struggles mightily defending at the rim, right? Uh, so right now the guy that you're having is, is Paul Reed, and can Paul Reed continue to play like he's played in the last couple games? So, you know, unless um, Dwayne Detman is healthy, you know, I, I think that's going to be a, a huge problem for, this, for the 76ers, especially in the postseason. I'm going to change the subject just for a moment. Uh, we're talking to Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Follow him on Twitter at Pompey on Sixers, P-O-M-P-E-Y. Uh, I will admit to a degree of schadenfreude uh, with uh, Ben Simmons' uh, troubles, uh, and now he is out of the rotation. I mean, it's fallen that far. All of the teammates have left. He is in New Jersey. In New Jersey, I still go there. He is in Brooklyn on a disaster of a franchise. Um is he Keith Pompey? Your prediction, your best prediction. Is he shot as a frontline NBA player, or do you see a return to star form down the road? Uh, that, um, you know what? It, 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 that's a tough one for me. Like I always felt like Ben Simmons had to uh, hit rock bottom before before he can become the player that everybody thought he could become, right? And I always felt like before, like, the foul shooting and all this other stuff, it was rock bottom. But it wasn't, right? So, to me, I think that he can make a comeback. I don't know if he'll ever be this elite player that everybody thought that he would be. But I do feel as if that he can be a a, a starter in this league. He can be, you know, a, a pretty good player. You know, but to me, it's like I always felt like there was always an excuse. It was like it was my teammate. It was the coaching. It was like, and what I mean by my mm-hmm. teammates, like they yep. never had enough. It wasn't my fault. We just didn't have any shooters. And I think that Jock Vaughn, unfortunately, I felt I like Brett Brown. I like Doc Rivers. But I always felt like they weren't 100% honest with the kid. And I feel like this is a time where Jock Vaughn, you got to give him credit where he's saying, look, dude, you're just not good enough. And and until you are good enough and you put in the work, um, we're not going to play you. So I think it's up to Ben Simmons. If, if he looks in the mirror and says, you know what, I got to work harder, I got to do everything that I can to prove this guy that I can play, then he'll be great. But if Ben Simmons will go out and be like, hey, it's Jock Fine, he hates me and this and that, then no, he's not going to be that guy. But I'm 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 predicting – that Ben Simmons is going to put in the work now and try to show this coach that he can play. I'm putting more faith in him than probably a lot of people are to say that he'll come back and not be an all-star again, but be a serviceable um, starter in this league. Well, I, serviceable starter. It, wow. You know, that's, I don't think anybody saw that on his uh, rookie card. No, I miss him, to be honest. He was an easy column every couple of yes, days. and I'm sure, Great to I'm talk sure about. Keith does as well. <laughs> Keith, last one from me. <laughs> Let's say worst-case scenario plays out, okay? They somehow get bounced in the first round or don't get by the Celtics or Bucks or whoever they play in the second round. 
what's next at that point uh, in terms of the future of Doc Rivers, in terms of the future of James Harden, Joel Embiid, the, the whole sense of the franchise itself? There does seem to be kind of an all-in feel, and if it doesn't happen, if they don't make a deep run, that major changes could very well be ahead. Yeah, I think if they don't make a deep run, I think Doc Rivers is going to be gone. I do. I also think that they got to um, – I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if James Harden was out too, right? You know what I mean? And then the thing about it is they got to take a long, hard look on what they want to do with the rest of the roster. You know, Joel Embiid is like the wild card because, you know, he could say, hey, look, yo, I've been here long enough. I love Philly, the fans here, but – you know, I want to go somewhere where I think I'm going to win. You know, he could say that, right? And and if, and if he does that, then, you know, they could be in trouble. But in regards, like, if they do go out in the first round, I honestly believe that, you know, Doc Rivers is done. You know, I, I, because when you look at it, it's like, you know, he's making a lot of money. He came here. He had a roster that Brett Brown did not have, and he couldn't get it done. And then, you know, you got James Harden. You know, he's going to want to get paid um, this year. And, and and I feel like it's one of those things where they're looking at it like, well, you're getting older and all this and that. And, you know, maybe it's best if you do walk. And, and then Joel, like I said, Joel is going to say, well, like, you know, what are we doing here? That's so that's the nightmare. Yep. That's I just yeah. let me jump in because that that's yeah. it's the part of the NBA that I really dislike. Right. Because you see it all the time. Right. From the top mm-hmm. star. You see from LeBron and from Kyrie and from Durant and so on and so forth. And if that happens with Joel Embiid, who these fans have invested their heart in since the Sixers drafted him as a project and went through those first years where he didn't even play and the rise in stardom and, and what I've thought is a great relationship with this town. I mean, when he would stop and pick up basketball mm-hmm. games. If it comes to the day, Keith, where Joel Embiid says, you know what, I, I want out of here. I want to go play with these guys. It will break the city's heart. Yeah, it will. But then we'll also go back to when, I hate to say this, when they made the decision to not re-sign um, J.J. Reddick and they traded Jimmy Butler. I mean, I felt yeah. like, yeah. you yes. know, that was yep. the best. That was, and, you know, they had especially to keep the big fella happy because they were his guys. Yep. And, and you know, like, that was the best team they had. It was. In my opinion. Yeah, well, no, and, it and you're was. right. And his relationship particularly – with those two guys and Jimmy Butler, it would have been a whole different history if Jimmy Butler's here and Ben Simmons has gone earlier and so on. Keep Pompey, you're terrific. Hey, tonight, big night. Enjoy. Look forward to uh, reading you tomorrow the results of this one. Thanks so much, man. Hey, thanks for having me on, fellas. All right, thanks, well. Keith. There you go. That's the, uh, that is the hardest-working man at the Philadelphia Inquirer, or one of them. Yeah? He, uh, you're, not, he, you're not taking that nomination? Oh, no, Keith works a lot harder than I do. Yeah. The beat guys work hard. Oh, that's, 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 that's the grind. The that's travel the grind. and the night games and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah it really is. It's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, you, you mentioned, Glenn, about the bond that Embiid has with the city. And um, that's not something you see often in the NBA anymore. Um, you don't see bonds between teams and cities. The league is so much about its stars no matter where they play. and It's a unique relationship that Philadelphia has with the Sixers and Embiid. Maybe maybe Boston has with the Celtics, I suppose. But it's not very frequent in this league. And if that were to change because Embiid decided to leave, man, oh. it would be 
devastating. Yeah, for the which franchise. is which is what happens in the NBA all the time. It's it's my biggest gripe about the NBA, right? I mean, Kyrie Irving does a speech the other day about how this is good for the league when yeah. players demand to move and so on. Well, it's not good in Brooklyn, right? I mean, those fans who bought season tickets thinking they were going to see a fun contender there mm-hmm. what do they got they weren't even going when they yeah. had all those stars yeah okay but you know what i'm saying yeah. you're a fan of a team you're a fan of the sixers we had a caller earlier say he thought joel mb was underappreciated in this town and i disagree i think the fan base in this town really likes mb mm-hmm. i mean he may have his critics in the media but who doesn't right 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 that, that goes with the territory yeah um and i'm not suggesting this is going to happen except keith raised the specter of it if if the sixers got knocked out early this year and Embiid said, "You know what, guys? I, I just I'm kind of sick of this treadmill. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to happen here. I want to go. You know, take to put me somewhere out west where I can play with this guy and that guy. That would be that would rip the heart out of basketball fans in Philadelphia. Yeah, and and the Sixers rightly would take the brunt of it. You know, yeah, the yeah. feeling that right, you, you, screwed you, up. you you screwed up. You couldn't keep this guy here. You couldn't win anything of substance while he was here. Um, yeah, you don't want to. If you're a Sixers fan, you don't want to." even contemplate that agreed uh nick in collegeville is with us good afternoon nick gentlemen how are we doing doing all right doing great uh listen i i, I enjoyed the pompey uh interview it until he he put up that ben simmons point like i have no like seriously he's he doesn't. He doesn't care about. I think game. he's done. Yeah, I, yeah, I. I don't think Ben yeah. Simmons is going to. You know what? I've hit rock bottom. Yeah. Now I'm. Yeah. I, th- I think Ben is uh, going to en- enjoy yeah, the I life think, and the money and never be good again. Yeah, I said I thought he would be a one, one, you know, all, one superstar contract and gone because he he never showed heart when it comes. I sorry, not heart. He never showed drive to to improve his game. I mean, never, never. But anyway, um, before I get to my Eagles, Philly sports point. Uh, Glenn, do you watch CB Striker? Did you watch that British uh, crime drama? No. HBO? No. It's called CB Striker. He's a private detective with a female sidekick. Uh, give it a try. It's Nick, it's up Broad Church. Nick, you found oh. the one British yeah. crime show that Glenn hasn't yeah. seen. I lo- that's my genre. That's, I know. That's, that's why I brought it up. I was, looking for, I, was, I was thinking of you when I was looking for a new crime, British crime drama. but And it's HBO? Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps. Two more you deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah, oh, it's I'm a BBC a... product, but, uh, you know, strong tweet. Yeah, 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 thanks. I'm, hold on, write yeah. it down. CB or CD? Yes, yeah, no, C, C period, B period, as in boy, Got striker. It. In, yeah. okay. Great. You talk um, to Mike. I'm going to go write this down. <laughs> Mike, let him watch the first episode. Uh, listen, I, I'm finally starting to get over the, the Eagles lost. I mean, okay. it's, it's tough. We've never been, you know, we've never been a favorite. No, were we had favorites against uh, the Raiders, Plunkett? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I yes. Think they, Eagles were four, okay, and a, yeah. four and a half point yeah. favorites yeah. back then. Right. Well, I mean, I was a kid, and then and, and, and guess what? We were never ahead in that game. We were always behind, yep. so I never had that confidence there. But so I'm finally getting over this Eagles thing. And uh, we know where the Flyers are. We don't have to bring that up. Sorry, Glenn and Mike. Uh, and the Sixers, we know. Second round. Get me, get me to the second round, kids, and we'll talk about it. And, right. I'll, and I'll increase my viewership. So I need the Phillies to be good and start early. Like, I, I really need them to – because we went from – think about it. We went from World Series to Super Bowl, and now you're telling me i got to sit through 162 – uh, before I, you know, this season can actually have value. Yeah, but here's the thing, Nick, and you know, thank you so much for the call. The ride matters still, Glenn. People want the nightly juice, I guess you'd say. You don't think so? Not you, as much. You don't. You don't. Not as much. I think around here they do. I think the seasons are so long. Um, you know, we got four teams in this town. Football's different. Football's an event, sure, right? Yeah. You get 17 games yeah. a year plus playoffs. So let's leave football out of it. Between the Phillies, the Sixers, and the Flyers, if you, if you are a fan of all three teams, that's 324 games a year. Mm-hmm. Which means it's pretty much, you know, one a day, one a night, often more than that, forever and ever and ever and ever. And I think you can – people have lives. And it's like, you know what, mm-hmm. I'm taking off May and I'll see you in September. Um, and I think there is a lot of that. And I think in this town with these teams, and particularly the Sixers right now, mm-hmm. it's like I, I'll – I'm sorry, I'm going to contradict myself. The Sixers are exciting to watch. They're winning, so yeah. it's kind of a fun show. But with most people, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll pay attention. Mm-hmm. Second round of the playoffs. Call me then. Well, I thought that too, and I'm sure there are a number of people like that out there. But man, being there the other night, that was really startling to me to feel the energy in that building. And they're gonna have a lot of games to close out the regular season that are relatively big games. They're going to be on national TV quite yep. a bit. Yep. Um, Good teams. You know, I, I wonder – It'll be. I'll be curious to see at the end of the regular season how the fan base feels then. We'll know then how good the Sixers were during the season, what their record was, are they playing with momentum, do have people's feelings about the team changed at all? Well, you noted that they lead the league in attendance. Yeah. And that, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, they're averaging over 20,000 a game, and that's a good building, and when it's full – it is exciting. The other night was John Morant comes to town, yep. right? One of the most exciting players in the league. The Sixers are down. They roar back. I mean, that was – how was the crowd in the first half, by the way? Uh, not great. Right. Not great. Right, which I'm not I'm not blaming them for. They didn't have anything. But no, then but no. then when they had reason to cheer, they are great. Yep. So, yes, the, to the people who go, the people in the building, yes. I'm saying generally if you're a sports fan, you you – there's so much, and there's so many other things mm-hmm. to watch and so much other clutter, and people have lives. 
I think for a lot of our teams, it's like, I'll believe it when it's good, which brings us to something that we're going to talk about in the next segment, Yes, which is the one team in town, <laughs> which is anything but good Yeah, and deserves our attention only because if we don't do it, nobody's going to, and they deserve our wrath and criticism, and I'm going to put the ball on the tee and hand the driver to Mike Sealski. Okay. That's coming up. 215-592-9494. Mike and Glenn on 94 WIP. Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack now 94 WIP. Let me get one caller here. I think may uh, tee up an issue we want to discuss. Paul in Westchester. How are you, Paul? I'm good. How are you? All right. What's up on the flyers with you? Well, I just wanted to uh, uh, lament about how uh, one organization has turned this town from a four-sport town to a three-sport town. This team is unwatchable. I've watched the Flyers since the early 70s. This team is so bad. uh, They can't get out of their own end. I've never seen a team that spends most of their time in their own end playing defense. They're slow. They can't score. And every time I watch them, I say to myself, where there's three hours that I'm so upset that I'm never going to have, I've just wasted. You know what, Paul, and and Glenn had kind of, as he said, teed me up for this kind of rant. There was a time where I would have said all of that is irrelevant because what the Flyers need most is to be bad get high draft picks, and start turning this thing around. But, Glenn, the more evidence presents itself, the more you have to question if if there is any plan here at all. You know, you and I, were, I think, were talking before the show. You can think tanking is good. You can think tanking is bad. What you couldn't deny with the Sixers, I felt, was you may not like this plan, but there's a plan here. Mm-hmm. What Sam Hinkie wanted to do there was thought behind it. There was logic behind it. There was, this is going to hopefully lead to us being better five, six years from now, and here's how we're going to get there. You don't get that sense at all with the Flyers in any regard. And this past week has been, to me, more evidence of it. Uh, you have John Tortorella calling out Joel Farabee and Travis Sanheim, who are supposed to be two of the young cornerstone players of the franchise. Two guys who you've... You, Paid years and money to over time. Then what happened? An eight-year deal. Sandheim has an eight-year, fifty million dollar contract, and Tortorella benched him for a game in Calgary, a game where Sandheim's going to play in front of his friends and family in basically his hometown. And it just strikes me that whatever plan they have, which is kind of this, we're going to set this culture with torts, and whoever survives torts will, you know, will be the kind of guy we'd want to have around. It doesn't solve the basic problem like you need good players and they don't have very many, if any. And they're bad and they're bad without a plan. And I think that's what's got the fan base really, really fired up. Yeah. Who who on the team, other than Carter Hart, can you say this is a foundational guy? I'm not sure there is one. Look, mm-hmm. Travis Konechny's had a terrific season, but he's not a top-line top 10 forward in the NHL. He's not right. somebody you can't possibly let walk away yeah. and or win without. They don't have anybody on the roster like that. They made those signings last off season, right? Mhm. Tony D'Angelo. Yep. Uh, Ugh. Uh, what the hell? Yeah, he boy, he he can't play defense. It was at all. bad when they did it. Everybody yep. knew it was bad when they did it, and guess what? It's been bad. Yeah. 
Uh, I forget the other guy. The the the, the guy who's kind of goonish. Oh, uh, De Laurentiis. De, yeah, yeah. Uh, and to a lot of money. Yes. Which Guaranteed money. Me, right. Which exhibited to me there is no plan when you sign guys like that unless, okay, this is a piece of a team that's going to contend and we can fit him into this role. Mm-hmm. Not, not that. They're no. not that. No, they're not. They, they are caught between. They are still holding on to this idea that they need to be competitive. They need to, to keep up the illusion of making a playoff push. And I'm telling you, if anyone of the Flyers is listening – one of the best things that the Sixers did in the last decade was have Sam ha- Sam Hankey tell everybody up front exactly what they were doing. Yeah. At least there was no illusions about what was happening, and the franchise needs to do the same thing. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe they do at this point just because there is no way out of where they have put themselves, but there are other ways to build. They've just been unable to build a farm system that calls people up. They have a farm system full of forwards, presumably. Mm-hmm. Justin Braun's playing forward yesterday. Yeah. What was that? Yeah. yeah. That's where you are? you got to have a, an inept defenseman play forward for you? Look, this is this is not – Chuck Fletcher has not done a good job as their general manager, but this is not solely on Chuck Fletcher. You don't get to this point by making poor decisions over a two- or three-year period. You get to this point – by having fundamental, foundational problems in your franchise over time. And the biggest one that the Flyers have had, and I've said this to you before, Glenn, they never adjusted to the reality of the NHL being a salary cap league. Yeah. And that, that predates Chuck Fletcher. That goes back to Ed Snyder and Bob Clark and Paul Holmgren and the way this organization operated for years and years before the cap but went they're, in. But they're long gone. Those guys, are they're long gone. But it's, but it's more than that because... The decisions you make, it's harder to make good decisions per, player personnel-wise than it is to make bad ones. And they made so many bad ones for so long that they're still paying the price for them. But they're still making bad decisions. That too. It's not like they're slowly recovering by making good right. decisions, but give us time. They're still making bad decisions. People who approach me always say, like, well, it's ownership, corporate ownership from mm-hmm. Comcast is not helping this situation. Of course, they're remembering Ed Snyder, the hands-on sure. owner, mm-hmm. who y- you can be critical of, of Snyder, but they were they were at least they were an elite team that mattered for a long time. Yes. Now they are an irrelevant team that gets how many games? Eight thousand, nine thousand people yeah. in those seats. About that. Booing by the second period. I'm I'm watching the game yesterday. I watched it on TV. I wasn't there, but it was dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What do you do about what, not what? What would you like to see with ownership? I would like to see kind of what I said, like an acknowledgement of the only way forward, which is to be bad on purpose. I hate saying it that way, and and to be bad in a way that shows you're building towards something better. Uh, they have not done that. They, I'm they've kind of walked. You, the, you know, can they win with this ownership? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay. And I'll just add one more thing, which I say all the time. I wish the coverage of this team was more critical. Mm. I think that the team doesn't get enough attention, in part because they're really bad, and in part because it's hockey, which doesn't matter as much as the other sports. Take it from two guys who love hockey. But the people who do cover the team are writing about irrelevant nonsense rather than that bleep show on the ice way too often. I don't care about what kind of cookies they now have in the in the first uh, in the first union. Boy, I go back sometimes. <laughs> in the Wells Fargo. I don't give a damn about that. Please don't be tweeting that. Tweet about what you see on the ice. 
Thank you. Anything else from you? No. Okay. We did good, though. Yeah. I'm glad we did that. We we have some quality flyers time. There you go. Chris in West Oak Lane. Chris, let us start with the Phillies and Reese Hoskins. What's your thoughts here? Yeah. Hey, guys. Great show. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And and I'm glad you guys are continuing the the TV talk. I I, I got a good lot of good shows from listening to you guys. By the way, by the way, I left one out on Hulu that you should watch. uh, And I left it out because Michael said, are you? The old man. The old man (laughs) on Hulu is an excellent show. Soon to be uh, season two. Watch that one. All right. Grandpa weighs in. Go ahead, Chris. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, after the playoff run, there was a lot of talk about Reese. We should trade Reese. He's horrible in first base. How come nobody ever suggested to move him to DH? Um, I mean, I know we got Bryce coming off injury, and he'll be DH for a while. But long term, we can move Reese to DH and put anybody at first. Warber, one of the outfield guys, have Harper and uh, Castellano in left and right, and – even if it's Schwarber at first and have the guys at platoon at center play, or you could throw one of them at first. Well, Chris, I think, you know, kind of taking this from a little bit more of a long-term view, you know, Hoskins is in the last year of his contract. Uh, my colleague at the Inquirer, Scott Lauber, has written about this, that he's kind of in a lame duck year. Um, and so the idea of moving him to DH and kind of reconfiguring the lineup, I'm I'm guessing here, but I would think the Phillies looked at that and said, look, Harper's not going to be here for half the season. Uh, we're not going to move too many pieces around uh, to shake everything up and kind of accommodate the fact that Hoskins isn't a particularly good defensive first baseman. Um, Just leave him there. We'll see what happens this season. We'll get, you know, Harper back and put him back in the lineup where he belongs at DH, and we'll go from there. All right, Chris, for a $25 gift card to the Conchock and Brewing Company, give us a one-day wonder. Okay, so my one-day wonder is – a sixer back when the team stunk uh, after they traded Barkley for all those years. We had a guy named Willie Burton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 50 points. I remember one of those games. And that was crazy. And then he never never heard of about he set. I think he set the spectrum record. He did. Now, can either of you give me the very odd quote that Sixers coach John Lucas said after the game about Willie Burton? Something about Michael Jordan? No, 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 no. Uh, I, I thought okay. of, I, I'm thinking Thanks. of one that Burton gave himself when someone asked him what happened out there tonight. Why did you score 53 points? He said, "Just hooping." No, well, although that may be true too. John Lucas said he played with a sparrow on his shoulder. I never really knew what that meant. I, I, yeah, what does it mean? I, apparently, you're hot. I don't know. Okay. That's what he said. All right. Quick. That was the quote. Uh, quick Willie Burton story. So Willie Burton story? I do. Uh, so this is in my book about Kobe Bryant, The Rise. So the summer. Great, of, by the way. Terrific book. Thanks. I read it. I advise it. Available in bookstores near you and on Amazon.com. I it presume. is. And Audible, too. You can listen to the uh, the audio copy. Wait, did you do it? Who, no, who, I did who the. Did, um, who did the voice? Uh, an actor. I forget the gentleman's name, but he did a great job. Ed I did. Harris. <laughs> Um, it was not Ed Harris. Gene Hackman. Oh, that would have been great. I would have loved to have had that, but no. But anyway, so the summer of 1995, Kobe is playing pickup at St. Joe's every day, back at a time when those NBA players, Sixers in particular, would be playing pickup every day, no summer league. And Willie Burton comes in one day to play summer league ball in this, in pickup at St. Joe's and Kobe's there and they're playing against each other. 
and Burton <clears throat> scores on the first possession and talks trash to Kobe, who is 16 or 17 at this time, Kobe shuts him down the rest of the game, scores like eight of his team's points, and so embarrasses Willie Burton that Burton walks out of the gym and doesn't come back. <laughs> so that tells you all you Even need to then. know. Yeah, all you need to know about Willie Burton. And tells you a lot about Kobe Bryant. Darn right. 215-592-9494. We're going to wrap it up. Phillies baseball is coming up at 1 o'clock here on 95 WIP. As the Phillies open the spring against the Yankees. I'm going to listen to Scott and Larry. How great is that? We'll take uh, a couple more calls before we get out. Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack now, 94 WIP. You were just looking at the box score of a, of a very freakish NBA game last night. Yes, the Sacramento Kings and the Los Angeles Clippers. Your final score, Kings 176, Clippers 175. <laughs> Defensive struggle. Wow. How many overtimes? I believe two. Um, maybe? Let me check. Now I'm looking. That would have been something to see. Yeah. So that was the West Coast. So people watching that game, right? Yes. I'm sure it was on whatever, right? Yeah. ESPN. Or right. Turn on TV. Two overtimes. There you go. Two overtimes. Turn on TV, 11 o'clock at night. I'll just watch this thing for a little bit. You're up at 3 in the morning watching guys. Raining threes and right. dunks. <laughs> Guy came up, Malik Monk for the Kings, came off the bench to, to play 41 minutes and score 45 points. This is Willie Burton night. Yeah, he was he just had, hooping. He had a sparrow on his shoulder. <laughs> I don't know what that I means. I got to look that up. I'm I telling you, that's what John, you look that up. See if you can get before we get off. John okay. Lucas, sparrow on his shoulder. Uh, uh, heavy in Huntington Valley? There you go. Yeah, man, what's going on? We're good. What you got? Yeah, man. I um, I want to talk some Sixers. Like mm-hmm. I, I just I, I got an argument with this guy yesterday because I wouldn't blindfully uh, agree that the Sixers have like some great chance to win. Like, yeah, they have a chance, but you know what? What, what were all the tank years for? You're telling me like all those all those tank years, and at best we just have like a slight chance. I just I, I just agree get, with I, you I more than you know, them. my friend. I agree, and and listen, they threw away, what, four years, five years, whatever, and then they built to a a team that consistently gets knocked out in the second round. To me, it's an if. If they don't do it this year, then I think the the process, the tank, the Sam Hinkie genius idea was a failure. And allow me to say, Mike Sielski, because Mm -hmm. I see you're looking very runnerish, (laughs) that I remember – when I think it was when they drafted Markel Fultz, all oh, yeah. the tank enthusiasts held a what they call it a, 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 a rally. T- no, uh, something that outed uh, the the tank again, or something that outed all of us who were opposed to mm. the tank because now it's been successful. Not yet. I'm with heavy. Not yet. Well, uh, I you know I love that you preferred the years when the Sixers' best player was Andre Miller or Andre Iguodala. And they were going. Ended up in the same place. Yeah, but the only difference was that there was absolutely no hope then. And you're feeling like you sold, got sold a bill of goods because there was genuine hope now. And if, you know. if, they, if they do it, right? I mean, what, what Heavy is saying, if I may interpret Heavy, and please chime in, is they put a lot of years into this effort. If it's not now, when is it? Is that what you're saying, Heavy? Did I got you right? Well, you know, they got. They got. Obviously, you know, Embiid, he's the greatest scorer in the league. 
but he's not a leader. We got P.J. Tucker. That, that's who we got, some almost 40-year-old dude. You're telling me he's played a full season. You're going to tell me, oh, he's, his best basketball is going to be in the playoffs. And you got James Harden, who three, four years ago was averaging close to 35 points a game and is barely scoring over 20 points. Yeah. And yeah, I get Embiid's on the team, and don't, don't I get that he's having all these assists, but yeah, you got Embiid on the team. He's I mean, we, we got to run, Delta. but we got to run, but I appreciate your call, and, and I know you disagree. That's okay. Yeah, we, I mean, I, I, I feel like this was a franchise spinning its wheels for the better part of three decades. Okay, uh, before. and it's not now. Yeah, okay. they're, they're better off. They're better off now than they were. I hope so. Well, you know what? Well, you and I will have this conversation in the spring. We absolutely will. All right. It is time to choose a winner for our contest. Let's get Nick Earnshaw involved in this. So we got a lot of um, nominees for Best One Day Wonder, and this is in honor of your favorite Delaware, uh, not Blue, Blue 67. Blue, Blue Coat. Coat. Excuse me. Good gin. Um, okay. Mac McClung. And the winner, yeah, in honor of Mac McClung, this is the best one-day wonder, and you win a $25 gift card to the Conchhock and Brewing Company, my brewing company, with four suburban locations. Give us a couple finalists. What do you like? All right, so we had, and I don't have their names in front of them. Nick, you might have to help me with here, but I believe it was, was it Gary who suggested Buster Douglas? It was John and Manny Young. John and Manny Young suggested Buster Douglas. There was the caller who suggested the 42-year-old Zamboni driver who became a winning goaltender in the National Hockey League for a night. That was Stephen Norristown. Okay. And then we had uh, Steve Jones. There's a great moment. As much as I like the goalie and as much as I have fond memories of Steve Jones, it's hard to beat Buster Douglas. Right, what do you vote for, Nick? I think you got to go Buster. I mean, that's right, that's the classic one. Buster yeah, it is. Buster. Who's the winner? It is John from Manny. All right, we got just a couple minutes. What, are we off at 54, 50, or 55? 54. 54, 30. Excuse me. Okay, give us what we forgot to talk about. All right, so I'll go quickly here. I got three for you. So, firstly, sticking with the Sixers topic, Tyrese Maxey. I learned this from Keith Pompey. Uh, I read an article the other day in the Inquirer. He is starting a podcast, Maxey on the Mic, and it's it's kind of going with the theme of all these players now starting their own podcast. So I thought I, I thought that was pretty interesting that a young player, twenty two years old, going to start a podcast. You know, I listen to some of these podcasts, and with the exception once in a while of the Kelseys, um, most of them aren't that interesting. Yeah, you, you know? got to you got to you got to really sift through it and find yeah. it. All right, I'll give it one listen. He's a great kid, and I'll, yep. I'll give it a listen and see how he does. He's All in right. that. He's in those commercials too. All right, what's the? Yeah. yeah. The, the the insurance commercials? Yeah. God, those are awful. That's <laughs> not, not his fault. They're just all Great awful. player, bad actor. Yeah. Okay, uh, what else? All right. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Savannah Bananas. I, the, yeah, the, yeah. They are so intriguing. So Johnny Damon, 49 years of age, had an <laughs> at-bat with the Savannah Bananas this past week in Daytona Beach. So uh, he's up there a little bit, but he can add that to the resume. He played for the Savannah Bananas. Did he foul off eight pitches from Brad Lidge and then he, eventually oh. steal third when no one was looking? He, did, he, he did not. He grounded. Out the, he swung and missed at the first pitch, but then grounded out the third base. Killed the Phillies in that two, 2009 oh. World Series. Really hurt him. All right, one more. All right, final one. I don't know. Russell Wilson had a horrible season in Denver. Uh, it came out this week that he tried to get Pete Carroll fired, and he downplayed it. I, I don't know. The, the, Russell Wilson does not seem like this great guy. So. He 
he denied it, but the report is that he wanted to get Sean Payton hired, so mm-hmm. he finally does get his wish. If you're Sean Payton, despite all that, and you're inheriting Russell Wilson with everything that's gone on there, he's got his own personal trainer, his own personal thing, and so on, you thinking that's going to – you looking forward to that? I don't know if I'm looking forward to it, but I come into it thinking I have a whole lot of leverage, and this guy better do what I say when I say it because I don't know that there's another NFL player whose image and reputation have taken as great a hit in as short a period of time recently as Russell Wilson's had. Yeah. You know, so if I'm Peyton, I'm coming in there and saying, no more of the entourage, no more of the second-floor office. Here's what we're doing, and here's how you're doing it, and if you don't listen to me, We'll find another way. Good pernt, Mike Sealski. Always a pleasure to work with you. I will be on tomorrow with Jody McDonald. You going to Sixers tonight? I am getting on a plane to Nashville for work. Oh, that's right. Well, good. Uh, Nick Earnshaw, terrific job producing. Stay tuned. It's Scott Fransky and Larry Anderson. It's the first Phillies game of the spring. I can't wait. Right here on 94 WIP. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.